0: Thanks to Acorn TV for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Acorn TV is the largest commercial-free British streaming service that features compelling stories, exclusive premieres, and originals you won't find anywhere else. To try Acorn TV free for 30 days, go to acorn.tv and use promo code DREAMJOB in all lowercase letters only. Hey, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So big question, who's joining me next week? Who will be joining me starting June 7th for this epic challenge? It is a five-day free workshop. You guys, I'm going to be with you every single day next week for five days free. I'll be in a private Facebook group. You can go join me and register. Get your seat at kathyheller.com challenge. It's 100% me pouring into you. We are going to be going over what are your gifts in this world? how do you really step into the possibilities every moment right every single possibility exists in this present moment How do you claim that? How do you become a vibrational match for the most expansive things that you want to see made manifest? How do you rewire the way that you might be stuck right now in your life so that you can take full advantage of your zone of genius? So often we play in our zone of competence. We need to get beyond that and not just in our zone of excellence, but fully break through and unleash the abundance of creativity and the abundance of blessing that is here for us. We are going to be talking about how to overcome imposter syndrome, how to monetize the things that you love, the different ways that you can monetize it, how to build workshops, how to build memberships, how to sell products, how you can create your own service-based businesses, whatever it is that's on your heart, I want to see you being paid to serve the way you were meant to. Come and join me. Grab your seat. Go to kathyheller.com slash challenge. It's totally free. I cannot wait to see you there. We also made a little trailer, like a little teaser of what you can expect. So we're going to play that right now. If you want to get a sneak peek of what that looks like, you can also see that trailer on video in the link in the show notes. Let's go. Are you ready? The first thing I'm going to say, you've been assigned. If you are in this world, that is all the confirmation that you need. You're needed. And you know it today's a big day and it's such a gift to be here thank you for your time welcome back how are you feeling welcome to day four you're my people you showed up for day five you're getting the good stuff so let's talk about abundance let's talk about abundance let's talk about money and we're gonna rewrite your money story so that you can go into 2021 and look back and say, this was my most abundant year. Who is getting it? I'm proposing a new American dream where it's the housewives who become zillionaires where we learn that we don't have to make money on their terms, right? Let's do it on our terms, right? Let's be the girls who get to do bike rides with our kids at 3.30 and make a zillion dollars because we created a membership with knitters. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe the system of thinking that it's about somebody else coming to save us is not what this is about. Maybe we usher in a new era where we all become leaders. If you show up with me this week, you show up here, trust the process, you're going to start to come home deeper. And you might start to see things differently. You might start to trust the whisper within you. Now I wanna go through with you the five major ways that people can make a living doing what they love. You were made because you're needed. Hello, you're needed. Tell me if you know this, do you get it now? Are you clear? It's your fricking turn. Let's go. Let's just go already like enough. Like after a while, it's like, it's the same comfort zone. It's the same, whatever it's like, it's so enough right? Let's go. Let's write a new story. Let's try it a different way. We're going to give away three amazing sweatshirts from Morgan Harper Nichols. You're each getting this collection of beautiful bracelets. We're giving away three scholarships. That's awesome. I hope you can put it to good use. Congrats, congrats, congrats. There are a beautiful group of mentors and you've each been assigned a mentor, which means that through the course of the week, if you wanna process with somebody, DM that person, you want to to get that person's answer to a question, you just need someone to hold space for you, they can support you. There's gonna be a time where there's no time. The time runs out. And so what we're doing this week is we are breaking the pattern of the automatic program and I'm showing you a possibility and I'm hoping that the volume is getting louder and louder because you've been called. And you know that. When you go to sleep at night, you hit your head on the pillow, you know that. All right. Well, guess who's back on the show today? Drumroll. That's right. Jen Sincero is here. Jen Sincero is the number one New York Times bestselling author of a book called You Are a Badass. She is a success coach, a motivational cattle prod who's helped countless people transform their personal and professional lives. So we had her on the show about a year ago. She talked about her New York Times bestselling book, You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. That book spent over four years on the New York Times bestseller list and has sold over 3 million copies. She's also written other amazing books, including You Are a Badass at Making Money, Master the Mindset of Wealth. And this time we're going to talk about a couple of her more recent books, You Are a Badass Every Day and Badass Habits, Cultivate the Awareness, Boundaries, and Daily Upgrades You Need to make them stick. I think that boundaries are something that I've always struggled with. I am a recovering people pleaser, and I know that a lot of you are also trying to work through all of that. So we should all grab a copy of Jen's book because it includes a powerful 21-day process on how to build habits, train our brains to become our best selves, and strengthen crucial boundary-setting skills. And we're going to explore some of that in this interview as well. As always, Jen is such a delight to talk to. She's not only hilarious, but she radiates this level of resonance and self-assurance that's so inspiring. And at the same time, she's willing to be vulnerable and open up about the parts of her life that are still a work in progress, which takes a tremendous amount of courage and humility. I know that you guys are going to love this one. So without further ado, please welcome the one and only Jen Sincero. Jen Sincero, thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me back. I adore you. So last time you were here, we spoke about your first few amazing blockbuster books, but you've written yet another book, which is really the book that I need because it addresses some things like boundaries. It's like, what's boundaries for someone who's codependent and a people pleaser? So we'll get into that. Um, But before we do, what is it that has made you feel like continuing to write these books? Because you said so much in the first one, what's your own journey like that you keep excavating all this extra
1: good stuff? You know, that's such a great question. And believe me, I ask myself that every time I write another book, I'm like, (laughs) God, do I have more to say about this? Is it What else can I say? So you are a badass was obviously the first one. And then you're a badass at making money. I had to write because my whole journey into self helpery was around money. So I was like, that is a no brainer. I've got to do that. Then you're a badass every day. I always wanted to do something because I'm all about the quick and dirty. I really want people just to get the damn info and, run with it. And I want to get the damn info and run with it. I can't stand windbags. I'm from New York. I'm impatient. <laughs> so, um, so you're a badass every day was that sort of like just because all, a lot of this stuff, we all know it, right. We just got to remember it. So you're a badass every day was just that little reminder book where you could open it to any page and just remember all the stuff that you've already learned. And then badass habits. I had a course, an online course on habits years ago and I was like, you know, I can't not write this one either because all the work that we've done in the previous books, getting that on autopilot is what it's all about. Yeah. So I was, was really excited to write the habits book, but believe me, I almost wrote the whole book on boundaries. I was going to be your, your bad at boundaries. And then I was talking to my editor and we're like, the habits thing. And you know, Eureka, I can put the boundaries in the habits book, because if you don't have good boundaries, you're going to totally... Fall on your face on your new habit. So it worked out.
0: Okay. Well. This is so good. I love hearing this. So we can really zero in on that. Cause that's mm. for sure an Achilles heel for me. And it makes mm. sense that your publisher would come from that place because you have to sell people what they want and give them what they need. And everybody mm. would be really excited to learn new habits, but mm. nobody thinks they have a problem with boundaries because we don't that's even funny. know what it means to have boundaries. Right. So Let's start there and then we'll dig around the, into the rest of the book because there is okay. a lot of other good stuff in there. Why did you feel compelled to write something about boundaries and explains us why that is such an important thing to get right?
1: Um, I'll tell you why I personally did it. I don't think everybody has to wait until this, but when I hit 50 a couple of years ago, it was like a gorilla had crawled off my back. There was something about that monumental birthday where finally I was just like, enough boundaries became so easy for me all honestly almost all of a sudden i mean i think as we get older we definitely lose the desire to not even the desire i guess the impetus to come from insecurity and people pleasing and we we start to sort of grow our own confidence and you know stick up for ourselves more but by 50 man i was done i have no problem saying no when i don't want to i have no problem saying yes i leave other people to their own drama i deal with my own and I was like, I've got to share this with the world because if I had this information when I was in my twenties, wow, so much time and energy would be saved. So I was, I feel like I've mastered it in a, in a big way. And I really wanted to share that with the world because I'm so excited, especially the ladies.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I could feel that in your residence that you mm-hmm. just like crossed over to the other side of that river. Let's talk about though, for people who haven't, <laughs> how can we sort of know when it's like needing our attention? And how can we do it when it feels so damn uncomfortable to possibly
1: have someone be upset with us? I find the best way to discover where you need to do the most work is what: look at your complaints. Look at what you complain about the most. Who do you complain about the most? Who do you spin out the most about in your mind who's driving you nuts because they're too needy or you're so mad that you said you would do something for them when you didn't feel like it? Like We have all the information we need and all of the... And all of those things. And also, where do you feel tired? Like what, if you're feeling exhausted, if you're feeling grouchy, like all the negative energy sucky feelings that we've got are excellent compasses as to where we probably need to up our game in the boundaries department.
0: That's so good. And so clear. Like just look at what you're complaining about. Write it down, put a flashlight on it. And there you go. But then how do you actually do it? Like I know for myself, I can be crushing it at work. And then my dad mm-hmm. and stepmom come over, who they're very well meaning, nice people. But like, if I have something I need to say no about, for, mm-hmm. oh, for, I won't even pee, Jen, for like six hours. I'll just be like, oh, ah, I forgot ah. I have to pee. <gasps> and I, I, I can't even sit down. Yeah. And like, my husband's like, Did you even eat? I'm like, No, 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 no. Don't even mention that I didn't eat. Like, it's, I lose yeah. myself
1: all the time. Okay. Well, so this is such excellent information to have, right? You know that those two people, set you off in this certain way. So that's such good information. So set the intention before they come over to be like, I need to take some breaks. I have a body that has needs and I'm going to tend to those needs. So you, you, a lot of times, and and this is such an excellent point you raise actually, because a lot of our boundaries are very different with different people, right? Like you can be excellent at saying no at work, but you can't say no to your dad. You can say yes to fun things with one friend, but for some reason you won't let yourself have fun with somebody else. Or we're very habitual patterned kind of people. So you have all the information. So just really look at it and be like, okay, I know this is an issue when they come over, what can I put into place to set myself up for success next time this happens? Yeah, I love that. Sort of like rehearse it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I think I am obsessed with intention setting these days. I re- I say, I wake up every morning when I can remember to set an intention for the day and then it helps you get to that magical place where you pause instead of react. And I'm all about intentions lately. And I think for boundaries, that's epically important.
0: So now here's where it gets a little bit tricky is there might come a moment where someone doesn't like it and they make a fuss or they Mm -hmm. let you know that they are very unhappy and you have to tolerate that. Mm -hmm. And that feels like you're literally set on fire. I know. How do you do that? Because clearly you've mastered that.
1: Well, I mean, mastered it ish, you know, but it's all about how you frame it. Right. And it's all about where you place your focus. So your focus, you know, especially with the saying no boundary and especially with women, this is such a common one where we're, we're, you know, we live in a patriarchal society that trains us to put everybody's needs in front of our own. If we even have the audacity to look at our own needs at all. Right. So it's about reframing that and being like, oh yeah, you know what? My needs matter not only because I matter, but also the more I take care of myself, the more able I am to take care of others. So when you reframe it like that, and when you understand that setting healthy boundaries is an enormous part of that, you're actually doing a favor for that person who is pitching a temper tantrum because you haven't dropped all of your needs in order to service them. And this is so important too, to get yourself into this space of understanding that it's not only okay, but it's a super important positive thing for everybody. Because then when you set the boundary, you're not doing it in this way, that's apologetic or whiny or you know just waiting for the pushback. You're confident in it. You say the way it is and you move the hell on because if you're weird about it, they're gonna be weird about it, right? I mean, we all know what it's like to meet somebody who's no nonsense about their boundaries. Like, yeah, I'm not available for that at all, but I will help you do this because I'm okay with that you just take their word for it but you got to take your own word for it first and and i really think that comes from from understanding that you're doing everybody a favor you you will have more energy the, because the other thing is you spend a lot of energy in passive aggressive feelings oh and resentment yeah When you overextend yourself, right? And and who likes being around somebody who's passive aggressive towards you know, when someone's passive aggressive towards me, I'm like, what the hell did I do? You don't know. It's fun-free for everybody involved. So fun free. (laughs) Getting on board with the with the reality that setting boundaries benefits everybody is the first step for sure.
0: Yes, that's so true. In terms of boundary setting. And in terms of these kinds of things, which can be sort of the more unpleasant things, like it's more fun to be like, Jen, tell us about the money thing again, which I do want to go back into because when you were here last, that book was like almost coming. How does this maybe affect though, your manifesting of the life that you want? These things that are about your habits that are the not so sexy things to talk about, but the things that we were just talking about. Does that play a role in helping us to manifest our dream relationship or our dream
1: money goals or anything else? Well, just starting from the boundary thing, when you change who you're being, which is what a habit is doing, when you create a new habit or ditch an old habit, you're changing who you're being. That in itself is extremely upsetting to the status quo and the quote unquote reality and all of your relationships, right? Even if it's just flossing your teeth. It's changing the way that you treat yourself. It's changing what you expect of yourself and how you view what's available to you, right? So you're changing a behavior and you're hence changing your identity along with that behavior. So basically it's a big freaking deal. Changing and um, setting new boundaries and changing habits shifts everything in your world. And so it's uncomfortable and it's going to challenge your relationships. It's going to challenge your perception of yourself. It's going to challenge the actions you take because now you're taking new actions that you weren't taking before. So of course, that's going to change all of the manifesting that you do in your life. That's how you manifest things is by changing your thoughts, beliefs, and words in your actions. That is the formula. So yes, this is all, all totally part of that process. And the good news is when you get good at getting it on autopilot, then it makes it so much easier. It's not, you're not using so much thought process to manifest what you desire.
0: Yes. And I'm so glad you just connected those dots for people because a lot of times people are are listening and they're saying, well, I'm saying mantras. I watched the secret and I just Mm. came back from doing a week with Joe Dispenza and, and he's basically saying what you just said, which is you're Mood creates a personality. That personality creates your personal reality. So a hundred percent, it's this stuff. You can do all the mantras in the world and you can make a vision board, but if you keep living out the same way you've done yesterday and the day before, you're going Mm -hmm. to have the same thing manifested over and over again. So in your book, when you talk about daily upgrades, Mm -hmm. what are some of those daily upgrades that you hope that people feel encouraged to make?
1: Mm. Well, so Badass Habits, I I wrote about boundaries and I wrote about habits and just the general background, but then what I did that I was so excited to do was I put a 21-day course in the book because I'm a coach and I want results and I don't want people just to read another book about habits and then go off to their lives and forget about it. So I was really excited to put this 21-day course in that are basically 21 daily upgrades that you can make while you're reading the book. So, as you're learning it, you're implementing it, which I think helps you not only get results, but also remember what the hell you just read. So, you know, some of the daily upgrades would be writing a mantra. I'm a huge mantra believer. Mantras have saved my ass. So I spent, so the first day I sit down and show you how to write the mantra for whatever habit it is that you're trying to adopt or break. Oh, another daily upgrade is the chunking down process that I've actually talked about, I think in most of my books, because I would have zero books written if I didn't practice chunking it down to where it's just sort of Focus. like, let's say your habit is that you're going to write for an hour a day. You know, that's it. You want to write a book, chunking down your time into like 10, 15, 20 minute intervals so that you are focused on nothing but writing that book will get you so much farther than if you say, I'm going to write for an hour. You know, what is that exactly. thing they say? If you have an eight hour a day job where you go to work for eight hours, you actually work for three and you spend the rest of the time dicking around doing whatever. Yeah. yeah. So that that honing of your focus is another Trick that we have in there. There's a I lot- love that
0: you just said because I'm a coach, because obviously you're a coach, but the reason I love it is because, and you know this because you coach and because of the books that you've written so profound. Although prolific is really not even, it's an understatement for you, but the biggest thing that comes up for people is imposter syndrome. And so Mm -hmm. I want you to actually highlight this because people would look at you and be like, well, of course she's a coach. I mean, she's a genius. She's made multi-millions of dollars, but in your books, you're very vulnerable and naked about like, I was living in a garage. I was 40. I was eating cans of tuna fish and our listeners are like, who am I to say that I'm anything? Mm -hmm. Who am I to help somebody else? Meanwhile, they're looking at you, you're literally living proof of this, but they're not able to necessarily cross that river for themselves. How can you help people with that?
1: By telling them that I had, I think, three books out before I could actually say out loud without throwing up in my mouth that I am a writer. I had such a fraud complex around that. You? You're literally yeah. the best writer. You are the, it's the funnest Thank thing you. in the world to
0: read your book. It's like Thank watching you a movie. And-
1: <laughs> but it's true and i remember just feeling oh like God. it was beginner's luck and same with coaching i actually was just talking about this morning about how like i still i think i'm an okay coach like i still have a little bit of the frauds around the coaching thing it doesn't really necessarily go away is what i'm going to say i know i'm a good writer now but it took a long time it doesn't necessarily go so don't wait for it to go away it's like fear don't wait for fear to magically disappear fear is not going anywhere move on instead, like act as if go forth and prosper in spite of. So don't wait for your fraud complex to go away. Just keep taking action. Keep educating yourself. Keep pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. And eventually it will melt away after so much proof of the fact that you kick ass. Now, this is
0: something that you talk about all the time, but you just said it. I want to piggyback on it. You know, you said go forth and prosper. And I, I don't just highlight your books anymore. Seriously, I I highlight them. Then I go back and type out the highlights of the things I highlighted. Uh And then I type them into my phone because they're so good. One of the things that you say is in in one of your books, you talk about how everything in nature was designed to flourish to its greatest potential. Mm -hmm. When I read that, I was like, that hit me like a ton of bricks. That's so beautiful. Like every tree, you don't see a redwood being like, oh, I'm too tall. Right. But when you just said go forth and prosper, the more I read your books, there is such a resistance to prospering. I know. And you talk about this. So I think it's yeah important to talk about it again. People are like, I don't have resistance to having more and and feeling joy. It's like, yes, you do. Can
1: we unpack that? Sure. Are we talking about the ladies or everybody?
0: Well, we're 90% of female audience. So well, (laughs)
1: because I want to start with that. The patriarchy, man, I mean, it is real. It is real. Women raised in a patriarchy are second-class citizens. We are the weaker sex. We don't get paid as much. We are misogynists. Like I have found myself in the past hiring a dude instead of a woman just because I subconsciously think he's gonna do a better job. And then I'm like, what are you doing? It's so, so, so deeply ingrained in us. And that is, I'm going to say, the main reason why we doubt ourselves and have the fraud complexes and have all this stuff, and we are aware of it. So now we have the opportunity. And I, I, I am so grateful that I am a woman at this point in history. I think it is so exciting. It is. Everything's changing. We have money. We have power. We have voice. You know, it's great. We still have room to grow. But I think it really is questioning as with anything, right? Any negative belief, you first become aware that you have this negative belief instead of just knee jerkily buying into it as the way it is or the truth or being completely oblivious, right? So first you wake up to the negative belief and then you question it. It's so simple. And then you just keep questioning it and bringing it back and being like, is it true that I have no right to to make a ton of money? Why? Oh, because um, only greedy egomaniacal fatheads make lots of money. Am I a greedy egomaniacal fathead? No, I want to do good with my money. So then you just keep questioning it and bringing it back. And I'd say nine and a half times out of 10, you're looking at something that is actually really beautiful.
0: Yeah. And it is something that I can't even imagine how many times you've been asked these questions about people helping people to get out of their own way with this stuff. But You Are a Badass at Making Money is a book that should be required reading. It should be required reading because we we need to raise our capacity to feel better and have more resources so that we can do more good. And I love when you're like, it'd be really cool if there were more women with big checkbooks, right? Like, isn't that a good thing? We could be a custodian of this. And what you just said is what I notice is that my audience is very good natured and they really want to hold on to the value of I'm a good person.
1: Oh man. And
0: they really feel like they have to choose. And you write about this so well, but could you just talk about how that is definitely not the case? Oh my
1: God. I could talk about this for 500 hours. I know (laughs) it makes me crazy. I know it's not mutually exclusive, being a good person and being somebody who's acquiring lots of wealth. It is not mutually. It's so interesting to me how if you walk in a room of friends and be like, you know what, this year I'm going to get so rich. I'm going to get rich, rich, rich. Immediately our minds go to, you are going to compromise your morals and do horrible things.
0: Even when you just said it, you're like, "Oh, who would say that? What a gross person!" And that's such a weird
1: response, but that's a good thing. Yeah, yep. Meanwhile, think of all the amazing things money has done for you just today. Like, it's turned on my electricity. I bought some coffee. I, you know, sent money to some charities. I, you know, bought a sweater. Whatever. It's brought money. Is a tool. Money is just a tool. Any weirdness that is on it is stuff we put on it. It's a choice, right? To make it good or evil, like anything else. So, so it really is about deconstructing again, all of the negative beliefs that you have around money and questioning them, right? Why is me walking into a room saying, I'm going to get so rich this year. Why is that bad? If that brings up something gross in you question it, it is all about the questioning.
0: And one thing that goes, right in with this, which you talk about, and it also goes in with what you said before about women is we really feel that we need to dim our light because it's gonna Mm. shine in somebody else's eyes. Mm. It's just so, it's almost gross how there's so much (laughs) apologizing. I know. And just so much of this, like, we're just not stepping into our power.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, it really is, it's not ladylike. You know, when you step into your power, also you become visible, you know, when you have the audacity to be big and bold and beautiful and out for all to see, you can get shot down. And they do it in this society all of the time. Women are completely criminalized for being big, bold and glorious. So we are on the frontier of deconstructing that, and it's a very exciting place to be, and it's a very terrifying place to be. but think of the paths that we're all, even in our little, even just in, in our own small worlds, like, you know, I have a friend whose grandmother just endlessly inspired her, just, she, you know, she'd skinny dip in the in the bay that they lived on in Maine, every, you know, freezing cold water at 83, she was ripping off her clothes, like just, you know, anybody who is just who they are, unapologetic, especially women, you give a leg up to the next generation, so any way that you can do that not only is going to inspire somebody else, but then you get to live your life, your one and only chance to be the you that is you on planet earth, being yourself and enjoying your life. That's big stuff.
0: It's really big stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the main things that comes up for my audience is a feeling of, I would do it, but then like you just said, I'll be visible and Mm -hmm. I'll be messy Mm -hmm. and I'll make something mediocre or I'll Mm-hmm. I won't get the podcast right the first time, or I won't write the book right. the best way. What the heck are we going to do about that?
1: Okay. So a couple of things. First of all, take a moment to feel into that fear. That is also the same feeling almost as the excitement, right? That fear and excitement of doing something that you're totally terrified, but so excited to do. It's almost that the same vibration, Right. And then think about the feeling and then feel into, if you don't even try that dead, flat, wet blanket of not even trying that vibration of the energy of the terror and the excitement is where you want to keep your focus. Okay. So you focus on that. And then the other thing that I recently have just remembered that I wrote about in you are a badass is the whole idea of, I just want to see what I can get away with. Like Take the drama out of it. Just like, I just want to see if I can have a successful podcast. I just want to see if I can become a movie star at 55. I just want to see if I can double my rates and double my business this year. I just want to see what I can get away with. I'm just going to try it and make it an adventure instead of some heavy thing that determines whether or not you're a good person, you know, or whatever you've got hanging on it.
0: I know this drama, oh, like, the as drama opposed guys. to just like,
1: let it just be this curious thing. Why does it yeah. have to be yeah. so heavy? I find a lot of comfort in a way in the fact that we're on a ball in infinite space, because that gives me permission to be like, okay, that is bonkers. I'm on a ball in infinite space. You and I right now are on a ball in infinite space. So if that's true, why couldn't I A, B, C, or D? Because that's impossible right there.
0: Part of it that I notice is the, I can't see that possible path. And -hmm. I think the reason I love doing this show in the simplest, simplest way to say it is it shows people a possibility, right? I have you on, they start to listen to the way you talk. They're like, oh, I never heard words put together that way. I never even Mm. thought I could conceive of a world that way. And in your books, you talk a lot about this scarcity mindset and boy, people are just riddled with that. Like- none of the things you just said are possible. Like 55, I'm going to go be an actor or I'm going to double my rates. There's not even customers out there. And Jen, didn't you know there's a pandemic? I can't make any Mm -hmm. money. I can't do anything. No one's listening. Everyone's miserable. Whoa, that is just so stifling and heavy. That is a bad habit, Mm -hmm. right? How do we overcome that bad habit of just Mm -hmm. like believing those thoughts Right. that we can actually start to
1: reset that? right going to the spiritual gym every single day, reading, <laughs> I mean, reading self-help books every single day. It's a muscle guys, this positivity. You still this... do
0: that. You still do. Oh that? yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I'm a sprint runner. So I go through phases. I'm yeah. just coming out of about a year long phase. Well, it's so funny. I keep forgetting. I wrote a book during this year long phase of doing yes, nothing have... that I keep yes. talking about. But...
0: <laughs> <A whole book. laughs> just birthed another child, but yeah. I did nothing.
1: On either end of that, however, I was, I am now an expert in ice cream flavors and robes. And I mean, I really, I did nothing, which I, which I loved. And I just let myself be a sloth and there was nothing to do anyway. So no, I wasn't reading the self-help books. I just went down, but I also strengthened my spiritual practice, just being quiet and not being distracted. So it was a really beautiful time, but I'm back in the game now and I am reading a self-help book every single day um i'm listening to guided meditations i'm listening to inspiring podcasts you know music is huge for me i'm listening to inspiring music so that you know whatever your spiritual gym practices exercise nature yada yada also who are you hanging out with that is epically important wow. who are you surrounding yourself with completely shifts it's all about remembering guys if, to remember To focus in one direction or the other depending on who you hang out with if you hang out with a bunch of sad sacks that's where your focus is going to be if you hang out with people who are kicking butt and going to the spiritual gym that's where your focus is going to be you know and then the third thing i just want to mention because this is something that i started doing just organically and, and man has it made a difference in my life is i wake up every morning and remember to set an intention for the day and I love this intention-setting stuff because it helps me strengthen that muscle of taking a pause, where I remember I'm like, oh yeah, my intention today is not to complain. I, I'm really trying to get better at that. So, so I've set that intention, and when I start complaining or I start spinning out about anything, I pause and and I'm making myself do this thing where any time, and I put this in the Badass Habits book too, where you can use your negative actions as positive triggers. So anytime I find myself complaining about something or someone or, or going down the deep dark hole of this is impossible, blah, 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 yeah, I catch myself and I'm like, I'm doing it right now. So I'm going to lean back and remember that I'm on a ball in infinite space and miracles are everywhere and totally possible.
0: Yes, yes, yes. That's so good. I love this conversation so much, but before we keep going, we're just going to thank our sponsor. I probably watched more TV during the past year and a half than I have in about the last decade. And while TV has been saving grace for many of us, I'm sure by now a lot of you feel like you're all caught up on every single show imaginable. If you're tired of scrolling through the same movies or shows and you miss the excitement of weekly releases and brand new binge fests, then you need to try Acorn TV. Acorn TV is the largest commercial-free British streaming service that features compelling stories, exclusive premieres, and originals that you won't find anywhere else. There's always something new there to discover. It has hundreds of exclusive shows from around the world, including award-winning mysteries, dramas, comedies, and just so much more and what's really awesome is that you can get thousands of hours of new content on acorn tv for just 5.99 a month one of the series i've been enjoying lately is the other one it's about a woman who finds out about a half sister she never knew she had and then she tries to figure out this new relationship i think this theme of sisterhood will always have a special place in my heart and i really love watching the dynamic evolve between these characters if you're ready for a streaming service that offers new stories new characters and breathtaking sceneries every week do what I did and go get Acorn TV. To try Acorn TV free for 30 days, go to acorn.tv and use promo code DREAMJOB in all lowercase letters only. That's A-C-O-R-N.TV with promo code DREAMJOB in all lowercase letters only to get your first 30 days for free. I want to ask you this question because I've been sitting with this and I'm not really sure how to hold it. And I I think that my audience might be too. And you are like, you are the connoisseur of, all of the different self-help and spiritual practices, which is why you've sort of taken the best for all of us and put so much of your own spin, but then given us what you really feel works in the books. And where I think there might be a little bit of a juxtaposition sometimes, there's this one thing, which is like the power of positive thinking, right? There's, Mm -hmm. this is all really important. And what you just said, setting intention. And I just came back from a week, like I said, with Joe Dispenza, where there's a lot of really stepping in, stepping into that, future self. At the same time, I'm taking a class right now with John Kabat-Zinn, who's brilliant. And it's about rolling out the welcome mat to what's actually there mm-hmm. and noticing and and being witness to, oh, I'm still carrying around a lot of pain from being eight years old and whatever. Or I'm, mm-hmm. I don't often know how to reconcile those two things. Mm. And so I went from like a year of doing these like meditations where I was like manifesting. And it was awesome. And I'm still doing that a little bit. Mm. But then doing this pure sort of mindfulness work mm. of just sort of bringing an awareness and a witnessing without a pushing of the river, mm. it's really confusing because you don't want to get pulled back into just like mm-hmm. sitting in the bad habit of the familiar old self. And at the right. same time, neuroscience sort of shows that we need to do a
1: little bit of both of this. We need to, Yeah.
0: how do you yeah. sit with those two thoughts? Yeah. Those
1: two schools of thought. Yeah. This is so interesting because I just took a online course with um, Esther Hicks and Yes, sure. You know, and she's all about asking it as given and focusing on what you, you know, don't right. even pay any attention to. At. And I am a huge believer in therapy. Therapy has shifted so many things for me. So that's all about dwelling in the past, right? And I wanted to ask her this question. And then I didn't get to, but I've thought Diana. about it a lot. No, 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 but I thought I know, but I will I really want to hear her take <laughs> on it. But I'll give you my take for what it's worth. So I think it's the same thing as having a bad day or feeling angry or feeling sad, right? We don't deny our feelings and pretend everything's great because I think positive all the time and I'm on this path of, you know, changing my life. You feel like crap sometimes. You're sad, you're you're just, you know, whatever, but it's about not identifying with those feelings and not, not collapsing into them, right? So you feel the pain you have the temper tantrum and you really feel it. It's really important to feel your feelings and then you move the hell on. So this is what I think about the therapy stuff. You feel that pain, you've got to integrate it because if you push it, what you resist persists, right? So you have to integrate it. It's really important. So yes, do the therapy, do the work. Notice your eight-year-old child who's so still upset and stuck in whatever and be there with it and look at it and integrate it. And keep your eye on the prize. You can do both. Again, it's not mutually exclusive. It's about getting stuck there.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And you're right. What you resist persists. Mm -hmm. So therein lies the danger of just like, oh, I'm going to put a Band-Aid on this. Like, yes, that's the other thing that all of your books help us to do, which is essentially it's not about hustling. It's about raising your vibration. It's about... Mm -hmm showing up in the world with a certain resonance. And then of course the phone rings. And of course this person DMs you. And that's what you did when you were in that garage is like, that's what happened is you changed your vibration. You went on a spiritual internal quest. It wasn't about sending out more letters. It was about something internal that then attract, how do you explain that to people who don't still really get that?
1: Well, I'm gonna say it was about both. I hustled my ass off. So, um, and, and and you don't always have to necessarily, okay. but because certainly things can come just through energy, right? But usually, I, we can't just sit around and meditate and make a vision board and sit on our couches and wait for our lives to change, right? Like we do have to get out there and do stuff, right? Inspired action, right? Inspired action, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But the frequency that you do it at and where you place your focus, mm-hmm. it honestly is basically everything that you need to change your life that you're looking for is already here. That person that you want to meet, that client that you can't wait to get, that job, that part in the play, la la la, everything's already here. So, where your energy is, you know, it determines it. it's where you place your focus, right? So if you're focusing on it and you're excited about it and you're in that energy, it's on your radar where, cause I, I do a whole thing about this in, in Badass Habits about how we create foundations of reality because we need to be right. Right. Oh yeah. So, that was right? so good. So- So if I need to be right about the fact that there's no good men out there in the world, um, I hate dating, the online dating sucks. uh, Right. So that's where I'm placing my focus and I'm, I'm building a foundation. That's my reality. And I'm, I'm looking for proof of that. I'm constantly looking for proof unconsciously when you shift. And this is why mantras are so important. When you shift, your beliefs, even if you have a lifetime of proof that you suck at dating and you've dated a trillion horrible people, when you decide to be available to the miracle in spite of your environment and you just are open to it, you got a new mantra, your energy there, your frequencies there, you're, you, you see things and you are available to opportunities that you would not even notice because you were too busy proving the opposite was true. Oh my God. That's so powerful.
0: Yeah. And you've said that in, in different ways, in different books. I remember yeah. you saying that like we look for evidence of what we think is true. right? And that changed my life, really. Yeah. I started making lists in the morning of like, what am I going to look for the evidence of today? And what you mm. just said is so powerful. What, what I did want to ask you, because you just kind of mentioned relationships for a second.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I find this, Jen, is that myself, my friends, my colleagues, sometimes we're almost able to fully get this in our work, but not in our relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I see so many women that yes, they still need to overcome a lot and know their worth and rise up and then welcome mm-hmm. in bigger blessings. But if I ever see women able to do it, it's often much more so in their career Yeah, and still they're at home feeling yeah. Two inches tall, abandoning themselves, not knowing how to receive. Yeah. And I think this needs to start being talked about because this is major. What do we do about this? Right.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm going to say I'm in the same boat. Like that is my next frontier. Like I feel like I've done pretty much everything I've set out to do. And I was like, all right, the interesting thing. So now it's about that for me. And I will let you know, because I am not going to let the belief that I was raised with that powerful women are unattractive and too masculine and intimidating and all the lovely things that we've been taught. And so I'm done. I promise you, I'm going to figure this one out and I'll, I'll let you know.
0: I had Priyanka Chopra on the show mm-hmm. and she's so filled with grace and all of this. And I said, you could literally have married any man because you're absolutely stunning and brilliant. I said, why did you marry Nick Jonas? And she said, he wasn't intimidated by the fact that I was super, super Mm -hmm. successful. In fact, he was like on our first date, like, we don't have to come with me. You have a meeting. Let me help you get to the meeting and then we'll go Mm -hmm. later or whatever. And I'm saying that to say that there are definitely men who are not intimidated.
1: (laughs) Totally, totally are. So this is one of those places where in the morning I set the intention. And anytime I get down about that subject i'm like i'm on a planet in infinite space miracles exist yes i don't give a crap right? but my
0: question is when you say that i'm open to miracles we can only be open to that which we feel worthy of receiving mm. and i noticed for myself that like you know i had a goal to make millions of dollars or whatever and it was just like great it's fantastic somehow in my marriage I can't even see that possibility. And I married a nice guy, but I don't feel like I'm living that thriving life that I want to live with him. And I talked to so many of my other friends who we've built these careers, we've had these kids. And I'm like, huh, how come I can't see that? And I've never been able to. Now I also have parents, like a lot of people who had parents in the 80s who in the 70s and 60s who fought and my mom had no sense of self and um definitely modeled for me like a feeling of it was always her fault or she always felt guilty or whatever it was but this feeling of worth being worthy to receive it's gotta be in there there's gotta be a reason why we can attract it in one area and not in another
1: because you got more hang-ups in one area than another It really is just you've just got more negative beliefs. So I think it's about every you know, getting clear on what the specifics of those beliefs are. And we were talking about this with the therapy thing. Like maybe your eight-year-old self believes yada yada yada, right? So so it really is looking at this area of your life. And this is what's so beautiful again, is like you're aware that you're kicking ass in the money and the in the career, the kids, la la, but you know that this area. You don't feel like you can receive. What specific things don't you feel like you can receive? What is that specific thing? And then what's the belief around that specific thing? What's the feeling around that specific thing? You know, and really take the time to be in it and to look at it and to disempower it. And I hear
0: so many of my friends say things like, well, I don't need it. I don't need anything from him. You know, at this point, he's irrelevant. He doesn't have to work. He doesn't have to do anything. We have help with the, kid, you know, and what happens is I heard Gabby Bernstein say, that's just you lowering your desire. Cause again, you don't feel mm-hmm. like it's going to be answered. Right. And I get these notes from women in my audience all the time. I'm starting to feel like I'm growing at work, but I guess you can't have both. I guess you can have right, a really right, powerful right. career. Especially not
1: as women, men can.
0: yeah nobody says to Uh, a man who's watching your kids like when you're working but to me they're always like how do you balance that yeah I know
1: I know it's okay we're growing out of it I'm really excited that we get to be the ones (laughs) I am I really am what an honor right I mean and look at the people you surround yourself like I know so many kick-ass women who are doing incredible things it's such an exciting time it is such an exciting
0: time I was talking to Allison Byrd and she was saying like, we actually are more relatable when we step into our power. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? What does it mean I to fully step that. into our power? And how do you think
1: that makes us more relatable? Because all women deep down know they've got it or else we wouldn't be talking about this.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. If you were convinced that you didn't deserve more, that you shouldn't receive more, that you were okay, if that really was true for you, Nobody out there who's listening to this would be listening to this. We know it. And so when we see somebody doing it, we can relate to her because we know we've got it inside of ourselves. We just haven't been able to really access it or let it blossom, but it's there.
0: That's the gift that you've given to the millions and millions of people that bought your book because you, Thank
1: you. by the end
0: of chapter one, you're just like, Oh, you know what? I'm
1: not just ready. I'm over ready for this. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Yeah. And you guys, and I really like the thing that I'm so obsessed with is time is finite. You know, we don't have endless amounts of time. So we don't need to wait until we're living in a garage. (laughs) We don't need to wait till we're 50 to get good at boundaries. Like we can do it now. And then the sooner you, figure it out and you let yourself take bigger and bigger steps, the longer you get to live in that new reality. And that's pretty exciting.
0: You said before, like fear and exhilaration are kind of, they go together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like people listen to you or read your books and they, they feel so inspired and then taking the actual steps. Mm -hmm. The fear is just so great. It's so great. Yeah. So how do we dance with that? If we want to be a badass and we want to change our habits and we want to do it and we get it, we logically get it. We totally read the book. We underlined all the right things and we are really <laughs> afraid. What the hell is that fear? And how can we just decide we're driving a freight train through it? We're, we're going to do it anyway.
1: The fear is the fear of abandonment. When you really break it down, you change who you're being by doing something different which changes your identity, which puts you at risk of losing. You know, this is a question that comes up every single time I do a talk. What do you do when the people closest to you don't support your hopes and dreams? Right. The reason it comes up all the time is when you go for it and you decide you're going to be a badass and you're going to shift some big thing, the people around you are losing you the way they know you. You're changing your identity. You're basically killing off their buddy or their wife or their whatever. Right. So then they're like, well, you know, nine out of 10 restaurants fail, or you've tried that before and it didn't work, or, you know, they make fun of you or whatever. That's where that comes from. So it's risky. And that is, that is, I believe most, most of our fears can be boiled down to a fear of abandonment. But you abandon yourself if you don't go for it and if you don't blossom and by staying small, Just to make sure everybody around you isn't upset causes resentment and disease. I mean, you're going to, you're going to hold dis-ease in your body because you're not letting yourself out of your cage. Right? So I like to sort of flip that fear on its head and be like, I'm more scared of living a life full of suckery and smallness than I am of whatever it is I have to do. Right? So another thing is the way suckery and (laughs) 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 smallness. Yep. I Fear is the best compass that you're on the right track, right? I always talk about if you want to change your life and you're not, not scared, you're doing something wrong. So welcome that fear, man, because that means you're on the right track. And, you know, often I do podcasts and people are like, what is the one thing you can leave my audience with today that will change our lives? And I'm always a do something every day that scares the crap out of you. If you did something every day I with intimacy, with career, with money, with your physical, like pushing yourself. If you did something every single day, your life would change so fast. You will not know what hit you. So
0: I don't know if you've ever read it. You probably have, but I just read Janine Roth's book, Women, Food and God. Mm -mm. Oh my God, Jen, it's so good. But she says in this book that you're always running from this feeling. You don't want to feel, let's say it's a feeling of abandonment but when you actually feel this feeling that you're so afraid of that instead you'll eat all the donuts or work yourself to the bone or whatever you're doing to escape. She says, you finally feel the feeling. You realize there's something beyond that feeling that's holding that feeling. And all of a sudden you have this feeling of like, Oh, it didn't annihilate me to feel this feeling. Right. That was like mind blowing. And then you feel this thing, which is better than any escape, which is just a feeling of being integrated. Yeah. Where you're just there with it. And yeah. it's like, ooh, this is intense. And I can turn toward it and it's not destroying me. And now there's some equanimity that feels almost better than any escape could ever do. Right. And that is, that's the dark night of the soul. And what people need to realize about someone like you is that you had to be willing to do that in order to come out of that tunnel on the other side.
1: You know, what's that great saying? Ask grass or cash, no one rides for free. Like nobody rides, you gotta pay the price. Like there's no growth without friction in nature, right? Like what's that? There's a seed that needs to be like caught on fire so that it can burst open and something can grow out of it. Birth. Let's look at birth, ladies. That hurts. Right. (laughs) Like that's the best metaphor there is. So it's going to be challenging, you know, and it's just sort of when you're in that moment of not knowing and the pain and the terror and the doubt and all that stuff. Just breathing and staying with it, and understanding that without that, you don't get to the other side. You know, it's hard, you know, when you're in it to to keep your eye on the ball, but I personally haven't, and none of my clients that I coached ever had a massive breakthrough success without utter chaos or, you know, roadblocks or just being taken down. And it's good, it makes you strong.
0: Speaking of that feeling, I sometimes see, especially before COVID, I sometimes would see that you were about to speak on stage in front of like thousands of people. And I'm like, how do you literally do that? Like, where your stomach doesn't drop, like you feel like you're on that part of the roller coaster where like you have to hold. How do you meet yourself in that moment and then walk out on stage?
1: Okay, well, first of all, usually it's in front of fans. So it's a love fest. Like when I get to go on my book tours and I'm in a room full of people who own my books, it is like the best slumber party on earth. Like yeah, it is. Yeah. So that's really easy. That actually, I don't even get nervous. I'm just like, let me at them. <laughs> However, I did do. I was. It was the Tony Robbins. Tour that's that what I saw. Started, that you yeah, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was terrified of, and because none of those people knew who the hell I was, and um, it seemed <laughs> you know, so a major. Harder. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I was terrified and, but I got some really great advice from a coach once who said, when you are about to go on stage and you're nervous, it's because you're making it about yourself and you want to be liked. And so the the fear is coming from bombing, right? Of people not liking you. And she's like, when you make it about being of service and being up there to, to say Mm -hmm. whatever these people need to hear and give them something, then you don't get quite so nervous. And that, that really is true. And I will say just, you know, in general, I'm, I I so thought I was going to love speaking, but I'm an introvert actually. And it uh, depletes the hell out of me. Not my, my book readings are very energizing, but, but that kind of stuff, I don't even like it that much. So
0: that's interesting. I'm not surprised because you you live sort of a spiritual life. You're not living in LA, you know, you chose to live Mm. in a sort of a smaller town and, I wanted to just ask you as we're like sort of just finishing up when you just said that thing about how you go out there and think about just being in service, Mm -hmm. if you had to boil it all down to one message, what do you think is the one thing that people really need to hear from you most? Like, what do you feel like they need you to
1: say? Oh boy you know, it changes. And and the space that I'm in now is just see what you can get away with. Like make it fun, bring the fun back in. It really, you know, life is so precious and there's no need to make it heavier than than it needs to be. Just see if you can bring the adventure back in.
0: I love that. And it's so you, I think it's the Mm -hmm. reason why your books do so incredibly well. I mean, when I say so incredibly well, there is not even a second. It's like, there's Jen's books. And then there's mm. all the other books that sort of, <laughs> people read. no, serious, it's really how it is. And I think it's because of that. I think that there's an approach you take where it's like, let this be easy. Let's make this silly. Let's not make this so freaking heavy. Mm. The books are fun to read. It's like a truth bomb. And then the your best friend hanging out with you having a margarita on the beach at the same time, but telling you what you actually need to hear, not just what you want to hear. Mm. And uh, I love it. See what you can get away with. Right. Not making it so serious. Right. So this is my last question then. Let me mm. ask you this. You've done a lot of things that are on people's mm. bucket list. So what else could you possibly want to see if you could get away with? What would it be for you? Okay.
1: So I wasn't, I, I don't like to talk about things before I've done them because I get a certain amount of satisfaction then I don't do them. It's almost like talking about it. Now I've done it. <laughs> um, but okay, I'm writing, I'm writing a script and I might star in it if I can. And I have never acted before. I'm not really an actress, but I was like, why not? Like, I'm just going to see if I can come and I'm going to go big. I'm gonna, like trying to become like a movie star. <laughs> because it'd be fun. And I was talking to a friend of mine this morning about it. And I was like, the great thing about this, I haven't been in this space in a long time where I've done something. I have no freaking idea what I'm doing. And it's like, at this level, I beat them to the punch. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I, I don't care. And it gives so much freedom. It's so much fun. This is the coolest freaking thing.
0: And <laughs> James Clear, who I know might be a nemesis at this point, because he wrote a book on habits. Oh, he says crazy. in his book, that one of the best ways to make things happen is to start talking about your dreams. I'm so excited for you. That's going to be incredible. It's like, yes, it's like, it's like, of course, Mindy Kaling should be writing a script. It's like who you are. Duh. So tell <laughs> us where we can get your latest book and all the others and where we can possibly use. You said it a few times that you do some coaching. I imagine it's like a group course
1: or some <sighs> program. How can we coach with you? How can we read your books? I'm not doing any live coaching right now, but I may down the road. So if you want to sign up for my mailing list and be notified of that or follow me on Instagram. So all my, all my social media is Jen Sincero. My website is also Jen You can also get there through you Yeah. Those are the things I have online coaching programs that are old courses. I taught, but um, I might roll something out in the future. That's See what live. you can get away with. Yeah. yeah good idea. <laughs> thank you so much for today. This was so much fun. Oh, this was a delight. I love talking to you. It was so fun.
0: I love talking to Jen. She's just the best. Here are the takeaways. Number one, your needs matter because you matter. The more you take care of yourself, the more you can take care of others. Number two, your fraud complex doesn't go away, so don't wait for it to be gone. Move on and go forth and prosper in spite of it. Number three, money is just a tool. It's our choice to make it good or evil. Number four, just see what you can get away with. Take the drama out of it. Bring the fun back in and make it an adventure. Number five, wake up every morning and set your intention for the day. Number six, if you want to change your life and you're not scared, Then you're doing something wrong. Welcome that fear because that means that you're on the right track. And number seven, there's no growth without some friction. On the other side of utter chaos is a massive breakthrough. Okay, now I want to give a shout out to some of our Made to Do This alumni. So Michelle said, this week I started reaching out every day. I'm networking, emailing, texting, calling, and connecting with people about my business. I decided to make a list of 100 possible contacts and my goal is to reach out to 10 a day for 10 days. I'm hitting two to four a day, but the quantity doesn't matter as much as the commitment. Because of this, I am now part of a local small business networking group. I was asked to lead a line dance icebreaker for a separate networking event and I had a 35 minute call with someone who gave me lots of other resources and ideas to connect with regarding dance lessons for people with disabilities and their ballroom buddy, a volunteer dance partner and helper. It just feels good. Michelle, this is incredible. I'm so proud of you. Look at the momentum you're creating. I'm so proud that you're setting that goal and actually taking the steps to make it happen. And look at the incredible doors that are opening for you. I know that there's just so much more magic to come. So definitely keep us posted. You can all give Michelle some love. Her website is 10dancemama.com. Our next win is from Eva. She said, I booked four clients for an embroidery workshop that I'll teach next week. And I finished new hoops for my soon to be launched new Etsy shop. All this besides nearly finishing costumes for two opening nights next week, negotiating my biggest opera contract ever, and staying sane, although not sure about that last one, lol. Way to go, Eva. You're doing such an amazing job of juggling it all and keeping that momentum going. It's really, truly amazing, and I know how exciting and exhilarating it can be when you're getting so much done, but it's also important to take a moment and just celebrate. Take it in. Celebrate all the steps that you're taking and what it's resulting to. Let's all go give Eva some love. Her website is evabutskies.com and that's spelled E-V-A-B-U-T-Z-K-I-E-S.com. Now we're going to celebrate our giveaway winner. So remember that every Monday and Thursday we're giving away a cute hoodie or an awesome mug. If you want a chance to win, all you have to do is leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts or post about the podcast on your Instagram stories, share what you love about it, and tag me at kathy.heller. So today's winner is spice Studio Chicago. And here's what they said. Not me sobbing from a podcast crying emoji. The encouragement and motivating words from Tim Grover's episode is exactly what I needed. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much for posting that on Instagram. I so so appreciate it. And for you just being here, for you just listening to this show, it means the world to me. Remember that next week we get to hang out. We get to interact live. I will be there every single day in a private Facebook group. I'm doing a challenge. It's called Your Soul's Calling. It is absolutely free. You can join me live every single day for an hour. I'll be there at noon Eastern Standard Time. And if you sign up and can't make it live, that's great anyway, because we will send you the replay. You can come join us at kathyheller.com slash challenge. We're going to be starting Monday, but join us right away because there's already incredible souls gathered there and so many good conversations happening sign up again at kathyheller.com slash challenge we have so many more great episodes coming up so definitely subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts or follow on spotify wherever you listen make sure you're subscribed and leave a review if you want to be entered into the giveaway finally i'm curious if you like this episode Did it resonate with you? Do you know someone who wants to set better boundaries or create better habits? If so, I want you to share the episode with them. You can email them, you can text them the link, or you can post about the show on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller so I can repost as many as I can. And you can also tag Jen. She's at Jen Sincero, so she knows. I want her to see that this conversation was valuable to you. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I will talk to you tomorrow.
2: I could use fresh coat of paint change my scenery wake up in the morning and choose to be brave and sad